what I'm really excited about with the fintech space is really making banking more equitable and more accessible for a variety of people. And maybe not just focusing on those mid to upper earners population, but ensuring that that everyone has financial services and can find a sense of financial wellness and freedom, regardless of, of who you are and what you make, you deserve to have financial support and all of the tools and services at your disposal. This is the CMO NGO podcast. We interview today's most inspiring chief marketing officers and savvy marketers of lucrative direct-to-consumer companies, bringing you insightful stories and tips on marketing, sales, branding, and much more. We bring you the best lessons from the best. Let's get started with your host, Joe Momo. I'm super excited to have my next guest on. She's the director of marketing at Claire. Really awesome marketer, awesome person. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Kira. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely. So before we dive into all your marketing insights and expertise, I'd love to know a little bit more about yourself. So if you could tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're, where you're from. So I'm Kira. Uh, I'm originally from California, but kind of moved around quite a bit. Um, I have gotten the opportunity to live in a few different countries, which has been awesome. And I think a big defining part of of who I am. Um, so from California, went to high school in Texas, ended up in Switzerland after I graduated from college, um, married an Austrian, so brought him back to the US, and then we spent some time in Australia, and now we're back in the US and living in Chicago at the moment. Awesome. And you mentioned that uh, you're living in Chicago right now. That's obviously you're working uh, at Claire. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit more about uh, what you do there? Of course. So I'm the director of marketing at Claire. I actually just joined about five months ago. I was at Google for eight years in marketing prior to, to doing so. So it's been a really exciting transition to move from such a large tech company to an early stage startup. Um, and for uh, people who don't know what Claire is, we're a social impact fintech company. Uh, and our goal is to really break the, the paycheck to paycheck cycle by innovating around how people get paid and how the pay cycle actually works. Um, fun fact, I didn't really realize, but the way we've been getting paid hasn't actually innovated in 100 years. So this two-week lag or a month lag between paychecks um, has, hasn't been changed for a very, very long time. But now today, everything is instant, right? Instant Ubers, instant Amazon. Um, and so with, with our product, Claire On Demand Pay, employees can, can access their, their money if they want it, right when they finish their shift, when they've finished working um, and don't have to, to wait. Uh, to, if they need to make ends meet, they can get access to that cash early before the next pay cycle hits. It sounds like you guys are revolutionizing the first to the 15th of paychecks, biweekly paycheck. That's awesome. Um, you did mention uh, you worked at Google um, and I did see that you worked at the UN maybe. Uh, so I'd yeah. love to dig into your career journey and how you got into marketing. Of course. So I guess it's a bit of a long story, but if we have time, I'll kind of <laughs> do the whole journey and feel free to stop me. Um, I've always been really interested in, in social impact and social enterprise businesses. 
And actually, after college, my, my dream was to, to move to Geneva, go to the UN, change the world, um, and, and have some sort of impact, lasting legacy on the world. Um, but I started doing some research, actually, for my master's thesis on looking into tech companies and investments in emerging markets and comparing them to UN type of investment or nonprofit type investment to really see over time what's the most sustainable. Um, and, you know, long story short, what I actually found is that when for-profit businesses, and I was looking at tech companies, are investing in communities and have a product that's really adding value to, to that community's livelihood, it actually can be more sustainable in the long term because the business is making money, people are happy from the product, and you know sometimes things can change with nonprofit investments, donors change, or you know international organizations that are investing, politics can change. And so this kind of made me realize that maybe I could have a bigger impact by working in tech. And at that time, Google was like at the very forefront of my mind in terms of um, a tech company that I felt was really kind of revolutionizing the world, way people have access to information and, you know, really providing equal opportunities for, for everyone if you have internet access to be able to learn and advance and get information on whatever you need to do. So I decided, okay, I'm going to shift gears, um, leave the UN dream behind for now, um, which was amazing, had a great experience, but let's try out this Google tech thing. Um, got there, I actually started in business development, um, but worked a lot with marketing teams um, to really help tell the stories that I wanted to tell for the products I was working on to my clients and kind of fell in love with the combination of creativity that comes with marketing as well as strategic thinking. And so pretty quickly moved into to marketing and then spent most of my eight years at Google and marketing doing a variety of things. So I worked in like strategy and operations. I did growth marketing, um, worked in brand marketing. And so, um, you know, having kind of that variety of different marketing experiences, um, when we decided to kind of come back from Australia to the U.S. to be closer to family due to COVID, uh, I felt like, um, you know, maybe trying my hand at a startup and one that was very social impact oriented would kind of bring together like my past UN experience, desire to work on a product that had, um, you know, would drive impactful results to, to communities, and then also kind of combine my variety of marketing experience to really build out the marketing team and vision at Claire. Mm, I love that. It seems like you have a lot of expertise in many areas of marketing, whether it be brand marketing, uh, product marketing. Um, I also saw that you wrote an article on LinkedIn about your eight years at Google. And one of the things that really resonated with me was that uh, people are just people. Um, could you maybe talk a little bit more about that and what you what you meant by that? Sure. Um, I think through all of these sort of different experiences, like one of my favorite experiences actually at the UN um, back in the day when I was very young, I was working with the, the Costa Rican mission. So it's kind of a long story, but I did a high school exchange in Costa Rica and felt like always have felt an affiliation for the country. And when I wanted to kind of get into the UN system, um, the US application was just like 
very lengthy with a lot more background checks. And so I like headed to, to the Costa Rican embassy and passed the Spanish interview tests and kind of ended up joining their diplomatic mission for a bit. Um, and in that role, like I ended up being able to interface with like the president of Costa Rica, with different ambassadors. I even like got to escort Angelina Jolie once um, at a oh, conference. Wow. And so um, I think what I realized is all of these people, like you, you feel like, oh my God, they're, they're so impressive. They're like on this different level of human. Um, but actually, if you have the opportunity to engage with them, um, they all kind of have the same, you know, struggles, aspirations, family challenges uh, that everyone else does. And so I think kind of getting that opportunity to connect with such senior leaders when I was pretty young has um, kind of given me a different perspective also when I come into to Google and um, other jobs that I've had to be able to engage um, at all different types of levels and try to connect with people on like a human level. Um, and then that has helped me in my career to base my career, I guess, really on relationships and sort of forgetting about all the, the titles that sort of separate sometimes, um, you know, uh, people who are maybe our individual contributors from like the CEO Absolutely. I think actually that's one of the main reasons why I started the podcast. Um, you see all these CEOs and uh, CMOs and all these marketing professionals, and um, you really want to get to know their story. And when you do talk to them, it's really just just a person like you and I just have the struggles, have their uh, happiness, um, just very, very dynamic people. But uh, it's really in interesting to get their story and um, see what they're facing day to day. Um, Great. But for you, I'd love to get your perspective. Uh, you're in fintech now uh, from the nonprofit side of things, but what's maybe one thing uh, within the industry that you wish uh, would change or um, you'd wish would be revolutionized, if, if you will? Yeah, so I think coming into fintech, I'm, I'm relatively new to the space. I'm learning a lot every single day because I was... Um, at tech before, in tech before, and more consumer tech, and now the finance space is this whole new world. But what I've realized is um, there are large groups of people in the U.S. that are very underserved by traditional, um, I guess, by traditional banking that is available. Also, like the the way credit scores work. I'm sure I don't. I think you're based in Canada, but in the U.S. it's super complicated. And, you know, if you're an immigrant or someone who hasn't had a credit card, it can be really hard to build a credit score and then get access to other financial tools and services that you need. Um, you know, there's a lot of fees associated with just like regular banking accounts, just you have to have a certain minimum balance, or you have to pay a monthly fee to have the account. Um, and there's like all the overdraft fees if you go into overdraft um, that can really be detrimental to people. And so what I'm really excited about with uh, the fintech space is really making banking more equitable and more accessible um, for a variety of, of people. And, you know, maybe not just focusing on those like mid to upper earners population but ensuring that, that everyone has financial services and can find a sense of financial wellness and freedom 
regardless of, of who you are and what you make. But as long as you happen to have a job, a steady income, um, you deserve to have kind of that financial support and all of the tools and services at your disposal. So we talked about revolutionizing or what fintech is doing to revolutionize uh, the industry. I'm curious to get your perspective on um, what are some marketing trends that you see that are really exciting right now? I think the biggest one, and this is probably no surprise to, to anyone, but I'm really excited about video. Uh, I think I read a stat the other day that people remember 95% of what they see in video content versus only 10% of what they read in print. And so I think that this is really just a super exciting medium that's becoming more and more valuable and like really exploded with COVID and of course all of the social media that's out there. But I think it's an opportunity for brands to really tell meaningful stories, connect emotionally with consumers and really shine the brand's personality uh, through storytelling. And that's the most fun kind of marketing, in my opinion, to be able to do. Mm, absolutely. I think video is a great way to, like you mentioned, showcase your personality. Um, has there been anything you've watched personally that's really caught your attention, whether it be video or audio or visual? <laughs> um, I mean, I'll probably go back to... Um, a Google example because I am still very, very much drinking the Google Kool-Aid. <laughs> I, I think that what the marketing team comes comes out with is always um, really beautiful and thoughtful in terms of how um, they do storytelling. So there, one of the series that is my favorite, it's called Search On. Uh, anyone can kind of look for it on YouTube. And what they do is they mine for stories of ways people have used search to do incredible things. So there are like young people who maybe are still in high school, but have um, learned how to kind of develop new technologies to help like with breast cancer. And they're in high school and did their science project and learned everything through Google search and then ended up creating something that was really impactful. Um, you know, people who have used it to um, use like Google Google Street View to be able to take photography in different ways. Like there's this one woman in New Zealand who um, doesn't like to travel, but she loves photography and exploring the world and had a whole exhibition through Street View pictures that she found and took and spent day after day digging through um, those images to then be able to exhibit her photography um, in New York and all over, over the world and did it virtually. So um, I think the, why I love this example is it's not so much about the product itself, but it's how people use the different products and how that like further betters their, their lives. And so I think when you can use video as a tool to tell stories um, through the user's perspective, um, it can be really powerful and inspiring. I love that. Uh, so let's say we talked about video and how it's very powerful in building your brand. Uh, let's say that uh, you just started a new brand. Um, what would your 30, 60, 90 day plan look like in, for growing that brand? Uh, obviously you mentioned video. Is there any other uh, tools or tactics you'd use to grow a brand like that? Yeah, it's a great question because I kind of just did this. I'm only <laughs> five months into a whole new brand. Um, and so the 30, First 30 days, what I always spend when I'm starting any new role 
is just really immersing myself in getting to know the team, getting to know customers, getting to talk with partners, and having as many conversations to understand, you know, what kind of the challenges are, the opportunities are, and really dive into to the business model and to the industry. So that then once I get to the, the 60 days, I can start building, building the plans, really thinking about like what, what is the, the marketing objective that is top priority that we really need to, to achieve here? Is it you know, driving awareness of the brand? If that's the case, you know, the, the channels and things that we would do in campaigns would be, you know, really to drive exposure. And, you know, we would use tools like, like video and social media and making sure that we're in the places where our core audiences are, um, you know, or maybe the, the, the main challenge is um, making sure that our product um, experience, people are really signing up. And once they start the sign up flow, they completely finish it and are very happy and loyal users. And so then I might use different tactics where I really focus working with the product team to optimize the messaging and the product experience and how can we connect and be helpful for customers as they go through every step of their, their journey and make sure we're rewarding and celebrating them and retaining them. Um, so yeah, I would really kind of in those 60 days try to think about what, what is that objective and who is the audience and what are the, the channels and you know, areas of expertise who do we need to hire to really achieve our objectives and then make sure that we have a strong measurement plan and structure to, to ensure we're on the right track or not. Um, and then in the 90 days, it's like try and start doing things and hopefully get some quick wins and continue to experiment and iterate and build upon uh, what, what we planned out. You mentioned quick wins. Uh, I always have this conversation with uh, my team about uh, marketing metrics and what co constitutes as a win. Uh, but I'll be curious to know from your perspective, Kira, what are your favorite marketing metrics? Uh, is it likes, followers? Uh, what, what, what sort of things or metrics do you look for in any given campaign? Yeah. Well, again, I guess it goes back to what the, the goal of, or the objective is. I'd say right now at Claire, the metric that I'm really, really excited about is just seeing new users and new people using our product um, because that's what we're focused on right now. So anything that we can do to and connect it to someone new signing up um, is a, a big win. And so, you know, we're doing anything from small things like, you know, um, reaching out and sending packages and direct mail to, to people who, um, you know, are in our ecosystem and we could get them to sign up to, um, you know, we're even building out an, an outbound team who can help facilitate users and help them on their journey. And they, you know, send texts or calls to help people get through the onboarding steps. Um, but really kind of making sure that we can surgically, I guess, measure what we do and track. Is it having an impact on generating new users? So then we can decide, okay, this idea worked, let's scale it and let's do more of that. Or this was a fun experiment, but it didn't work. So we're going to not do that. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> obviously there, there are failures as well, but that's okay. We learn from them. That's okay. It's all about testing and assessing. That's how I usually approach things as well. Uh, 
So what's maybe one question that you never get asked that you wish you would be asked? Hmm. That's a good question. I guess maybe um, more going into, like, you kind of asked me this, but why, why I stick with marketing, why that has become kind of like core of what, what I want to do, I guess, in my career in the long term. Mm, so you can imagine what my next question is. <laughs> Why do you stick with marketing? What are you going to yeah. do in the long term? <laughs> um, I guess there's like another story that kind of connects with this one. So um, when I graduated from undergrad, the speaker at our like final graduation ceremony was Maya Angelou, um, who is amazing and very inspirational. But um, she ended with this quote, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but the quote is, People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And for some reason, from that point on, that quote really has stuck with me for, yeah, how I live my life, how I want to engage with people. Um, I want to make sure that, you know, always like kind of lasting impression that hopefully I leave is of some sort of meaning to someone else. Um, And I think... I feel very lucky and fortunate to have found a profession where all I do every day is to hopefully make people feel something meaningful through the the marketing and the campaigns that we launch. And I think it's even easier to do that when you work for a brand that has a a social mission and a social impact message. Um, And so I think that's kind of what drives me all the time to continue to stay in marketing because I can really, my own like personal mantra, I guess, about, you know, making people feel something meaningful in their lives can be infused into my work. I love that. I love the, uh, how you make people feel. I mean, that's what my MO is too. I'm just all about putting out positivity and uh, impacting people's lives, no matter how big or small. Um, in a positive direction. So I really love that you brought that up. Um, so you talked about Maya Angelou, obviously that's a big influence. Uh, is there any other uh, things you've read or listened to that's inspired you or that you could recommend to the listeners? Yeah. Um, okay. This is a very random, like not about marketing at all, but um, in Australia, I really got into free diving. I don't know if you're familiar with what free diving is. Okay. It's kind of like, advanced snorkeling I guess you'll put on a weight belt and get your snorkel mask and just dive a little bit deeper underwater to to be able to spend more time down there um it's very meditative actually and it's been was a pastime during COVID that I did a lot because we lived near the beach and we weren't traveling very much um and so it just kind of became this, this hobby that I did and so I read this book Um, actually I listened to it on audio Um, it's called deep uh, and he he does this like whole fascinating exploration of the oceans and different wildlife and I think the one thing that was like very inspiring and stood out to me is he talks about how similar humans are to um, marine mammals so you think of a whale who can hold its breath really really long dive super deep um, obviously humans, we can't hold our breath as long as a whale, 
But actually, we could dive as deep as they do because the same thing happens in, in our bodies as what does in the whales. So um, the whale's body and ours, like when you dive really deep, all the air pockets in your lungs like fill with, with blood so that you don't, um, your lungs and organs don't collapse and your body is basically built to be able to be underwater just like a whale or dolphin or seal or whatever theirs are. And so I think this was really cool because it told me that we as humans are so much more capable sometimes than we realize. And I, I kind of think about that in other parts of, of life as well. Um, like, I think there's kind of no limits for, for all of us. And that inspired me. And obviously, I really like free diving. So it's cool to learn more about the ocean. <laughs> that's, that's very intense. Have you seen any sharks or anything while you've been free diving? I have. Yeah, I have. Oh, wow. <laughs> How's that experience like? They're pretty cool. <laughs> I haven't swam with any great white sharks or anything scary like that, but um, smaller ones. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you stay calm and they're calm too. <laughs> well, maybe I'll have to take a stab at uh, free diving at some point. So <laughs> experience that meditative state, like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, one thing you actually did talk about or touch on was that, uh, um, I almost say resilience of those mammals and how that could be correlated to um, people as well, uh, building that resilience uh, throughout your journey and your career. Um, it's funny you mentioned you started out in business development at Google with cold calling sales and then working way up, working your way up to uh, marketing. Um, what advice would you give somebody that is maybe looking to grow their career in marketing or become a better marketer? Um, what's maybe one or two golden nuggets from your experience, your journey, would you give to them? Yeah, um, I think I'd say like, Look for the, the roles where you see that the leadership is really strong and you really think you can learn a lot from the people that surround you. I think my, I was very fortunate that my very first um, boss in marketing was, was just an incredible mentor and I learned so much from her. And I think that that really uh, set a solid foundation and kind of put me on the right track or just enabled me to then feel confident to reach out and try different things. So I think in the, the early days, like find, find your mentors, find your people who you can um, ask for advice and who can be really encouraging to you. And then um, just sort of grab out at, at different opportunities, raise your hand for different programs. It might even be outside of your role, but just kind of stretch yourself to say, yes, I'm going to try this new thing. And I've always found whenever I've done that, it always pays off afterwards. Of course, it might be extra work, but um, there's always kind of an opportunity to do more and be proactive, see a gap within your team and say, I want to own that. And then, you know, do everything you can to own it. And then also ask for help along the way. Um, and then that sort of just opens up new doors and new opportunities to, to keep furthering yourself in different types of marketing. Um, I guess the last thing that I would say is some people have different viewpoints on, you know, how to get from this step to, to next step in your career. And I've kind of, I guess, taken the more, like, I didn't pre-plan too much, like, where I would go next. Um, when I was, you know, in the U.S. and we had this opportunity to go to Australia, 
it just kind of came up. And so we were like, let's do it. And I grasped at that opportunity. And then that was really, really impactful. And then the whole Claire opportunity here, it also just sort of emerged and came up. Um, a recruiter reached out and I just had the call and was open to having a chat with a totally different startup organization than I had ever thought of before. So I think just be open as well to what opportunities come your way and grab at them if they're interesting to you. Mm, be open. I love that. <laughs> um, what's uh, uh, something that you're very proud of? Uh, we talked on, we touched on a bunch of uh, things in your past, how you've moved and seized opportunity. That's really inspiring. I'm, I'm sure our listeners would love to hear that and really seeing somebody embrace the opportunity and building the resilience there. Uh, but what's maybe something that you're proud of that we haven't uh, touched on in the interview yet? I think um, I've, I said this in the very beginning, but I have sort of made the, the choice to move around a lot in, in life. So lived in kind of I was in Switzerland after college and I was in San Francisco for a bit and in Sydney. And now I'm, I'm in Chicago. Um, and I guess I'm proud of having in each of those instances, really both in my career and my personal life, building communities in that place and really kind of diving in and making that, that home. I think on the career side, like, you know, now I look into my Australia times and I have this whole network of um, professional relationships in Australia that actually still help me now. So some of the agencies that I loved and worked with at Google in Sydney, um, I'm still working with them at Claire. Now that everything is remote, it, it, it's easier to be able to manage the time difference. If there are people there that you really uh, rely on and enjoy collaborating with, you can kind of always take those connections with you. Um, so I guess, yeah, I, I, I'm proud of these different pockets and chapters of life and the community that I've built both professionally and personally. Um, and it's nice then when you travel to different places or are in different jobs, you have this whole Rolodex of people that you can reach out to from across the world to, to help you or just kind of reconnect with. Um, and so I really enjoy having connections everywhere, but it does always make it hard for one place to feel like home. <laughs> I hear you there. Uh, you talk about different pockets and different chapters you've experienced throughout your journey. Um, I'd be curious to know what, uh, is next for Kira? Uh, what's the next couple chapters look like? It's <laughs> a good question. I feel like I'm just starting this, this new chapter. I think uh, Claire, where I'm at right now, is super exciting, high growth place. Um, we raised our Series A back in June, right before I started. And um, I think there's just so much potential in, in what we're building. And there's um, a very clear market gap. That, that we can fill. So I think I'm going to spend quite a bit of time here for now and building out the team and the different sort of iterations of what Claire marketing can look like. And it's just um, a whole different experience, I guess, coming from such a large company to then being able to, to build out the marketing division from scratch. And I've already, just in my five months, um, you know, seen it grow from just two marketers, myself and someone else to now we're five and soon we're going to bring on two new marketing leaders. And so it's exciting about the, it's exciting to see the growth that's already happened. So I think this chapter is just beginning. 
Yeah, I always see you guys uh, hiring on LinkedIn. I always look through my feed. You guys are always hiring. So anybody listening, check them out. Maybe you'll find some uh, listeners applying to some of those positions. We have a lot of roles open right now. <laughs> uh, I love that. So just a couple more questions for you, Kira. Uh, so what's maybe something about Claire that we haven't touched on that uh, um, you'd love to share? It could be culture, it could be new projects on, on the go, but uh, just something that we maybe haven't uh, talked about yet. Yeah, I think Claire is pretty unique, maybe not that unique now because there's a lot of remote work out there, but um, the company started in October of 2019 just with the three founders. And so the majority of the growth has, had, has been through the COVID times when everyone was working from home. And so we are a 100% remote work company. We do have um, an office in New York that we gather in sometimes. Um, and if you're in the city, you can pop in and, and be there, which is great. But um, I think what I like about that is everyone's sort of on the, the same footing, right? It doesn't matter you know, if I'm here in Chicago or you're working from some small town in Maine, like we all have the same ability to engage and collaborate remotely. And then to ensure that we do get that FaceTime, the company is really good about bringing people together when it's safe, when it's not, um, you know, spikes in, in COVID, but when it's safe to bring people together so that we can have that social interaction and engagement as well. So I think, um, yeah, they've been able to really strike a, a great balance of enabling people to be a part of the company, no matter where you live in, in the U.S., um, but then also facilitating a really collaborative environment, even though it's remote. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting how a lot of society in general, just the work environments have moved to remote work um, and balancing that with uh, work-life balance. Um, for you personally, has that affected you at all in terms of work-life balance? Uh, how do you, or anybody listening, how would you um, suggest or tips for them to balance your work-life balance while working remotely uh, at work? Yeah, I think I've made it a goal for myself that I need to do something for me every single day, whether that is you know, going to an exercise class or before or after work, meeting, meeting a friend for, for a coffee or, um, you know, just going on a walk like by the lake or doing something with my husband. Um, otherwise you can get into this, like, you know, you just are at home and you suddenly look up and it was like, you haven't left the house since Monday. And I've definitely been there because you get into this whirlwind of, of work but then you just feel really drained and exhausted in the end. So um, I think that's my check-in that I do to myself. It's like, what, what have I done for myself today? And if I haven't done anything, then I, you know, do something about it. <laughs> that's awesome. Are you much of a, a reader, podcast listener? What's, how do you usually consume your content? actually do a lot of reading. I like podcasts, especially on road trips. That's when we listen to a lot of podcasts or, you know, in the morning getting ready. But I, I tend to escape through, through reading and often nothing to do with business topics, but just reading for fun. I love that. Escapism. I, I love that. 
Um, okay, just a couple more questions here. Uh, where can our listeners connect with you online if they want to, as you mentioned, find maybe find their mentor, just touch base with you and pick your brain? Where, where are the best places for them to reach out to? Hopefully LinkedIn is good. I definitely am on there looking at what people are up to, what other marketers are doing. Uh, so you can just find me, Kira Walter, and I should be there. Awesome. And obviously, this is a marketing podcast. So my last question is always the same for every guest. Uh, I'm very curious about uh, what your answer would be. But uh, what is maybe one word or phrase uh, that you'd use to describe Kira Walter's brand? Probably make people feel something meaningful. Hi, I'm Kira Walter, and you're listening to Joe Momo Presents. This episode of the CMO and Joe podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more business strategies and tactics to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always dreamed of. And don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.